0: Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Startup Diary Podcast. I think we're on episode 436, we? Correct. That's what it says at the top of our notes, because we are back once a week. And guys, if you're new to the show, then this is, actually, if you've been a long time listener, you know this is historically where we've shared the highs, the lows, and all the learnings of what it's like to build a small business. Me and Harrison have worked together for seven years now, I think it is. Um, I started a business called Expert Trades, and we bootstrapped it and raised a bit of Angel, bit of VC made loads of mistakes that you can go back to the back catalog and listen to 435 episodes of mistakes and what we learned from them. But now there's a bit of a transition going on. I stepped aside from that business. I'm now chairman of Expert Trades, Uh, Harrison's in the senior leadership team. So what we're doing on this podcast moving forward is sharing my learnings in my new role and Harrison's learnings in, I guess, the management team over at Expert Trades. And it's more of an opportunity for us to to hang out once a week. And if you enjoy the conversations, don't forget to hit subscribe, H. Talking about enjoying the conversations. This episode is all about the conversations we had last Friday night. Do you want to give some context as to? Was it, I guess, was it last Friday? Well, we're technically we're recording this on the Sunday because we. Well, we, but yeah, but like okay, it was only a, a week, week ago. ago. Was it only wow. a week ago? Wow. Yeah, only a week ago.
1: Wow, it seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs>
0: uh, go on, carry on. I was going to say, do you want to give some people the context to like what what we did?
1: Well I mean, I guess we need to probably potentially take it back a little bit further to how this all started but because otherwise it's just gonna sound like we uh we went out for dinner with some people, and that's what we're talking about so what 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 actually happened sort of a week ago was we met up with a group of founders entrepreneurs all uh we had dinner together, we broke some bread uh and then we just like asked smart convers- asked smart questions, had good conversations, and then descended into drunken chaos <laughs> i did <laughs> I, 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 I went to bed by the way let the record show i uh, i had an early night but i guess d- to take it back one step further how did we get to having a dinner with these people because i think that's probably important
0: well i, I think that came out of the first time we ever got together as part of the startup diary community was way back when at gymshark actually incorrect because the room reminded me of the day that we did. We did a day in Tamworth where it was less around a dinner, but we did a workshop, and it was so fun to see that some of the people who attended the dinner last Friday attended that first workshop, and that was probably five years ago. And the, I guess the value that they got from that room on that day, which was eight or ten companies founders, one hour in the hot seat. We'd ne- We never knew each other. We tried to give people some context to who was coming to the room. We never knew each other. And we had 45 minutes talking about you and your business. And then we'd sort of spend 15, 20 minutes on Q&A um, with the room just to add some additional value for maybe stuff you haven't considered. So we just went around the room in the hot seat. Can you remember?
1: Yeah, that, that was such a long day, but it was so long, so good, so valuable for the people that were in the, in the seats, right? Because everyone clearly, you know, this was like the first time we did any of this yeah so we so even you and me were like are people are people gonna come or because we didn't have like a are you coming are you not coming did we if i remember no. rightly. it was just like hey we're here here's the address see you if you come
0: yeah well some people let us know that we're coming and then i think we felt reassured when stephen may was there like early doors uh, yeah with, when with his coffee machine if i remember rightly that he brought us because he knew we were we were very much Uh, On the caffeine kicks every day at Expert Trades, he brought the coffee machine along. um, And yeah, from that day, um, that was an amazing day and workshop. And off the back of that, I think we kind of lent into the community. And we then hosted a, we didn't host it, uh, Rich hosted a meetup at Gymshark HQ, kind of a a build on top of that. Um, And then we kind of went quiet for a little bit, to be honest, from a meetup perspective. Um, but We wanted to get back to it. So in a post-covid world we we did one of these last year in Birmingham uh, which was sort of an open invite for, to anyone that listened to the show that wanted to get involved had an amazing dinner there and we did it again last Friday. So I I guess the point of today's show was for people that couldn't make it to really share I guess some of the topics that came up because as Harry said the goal of that and <laughs> I felt like a school teacher at points the goal of that is to have like one conversation but everyone contribute towards that one conversation so we all submitted topics ahead of time that are interesting to us and i tried to create a bit of a i guess a thread of the topics that people suggested so we could find two or three that were engaging for the room and
1: just um, just to jump in on that one actually what i thought was interesting was because we've done this what a couple of times now the first time we did it was it felt like broad sort of topics people threw them in the hat and then you (laughs) sort of like tried to get some um uh some through line with all the all the questions and the conversation this time interestingly it felt like people put more personal you know like things that they were dealing with um that they wanted to like hash out in front of everyone so it was almost it felt more like the very first one we did where some people had questions about like their own business and they wanted to have a bit of a hot seat kind of brainstorm across the table, which I actually really liked because it seemed like there was a lot of value for some of the new faces that were there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for people that have been, like, been around the, the group a, a few times could take a bit of a backseat and just give advice and help rather than having to go through their story again. If there was nothing sort of pressing, they could still come and contribute without having to waste time being in the hot seat, as it
0: were. Yeah, a hundred percent. And one thing we tried to do when we, I guess, requested the questions was be selfish. Like, what's the stuff Mm. that you're working on right now that will add value to you? Because it's likely top of mind for other people around the table as well. So I thought that was, I guess now I'm thinking about it, maybe there was a degree of, because we've done this and we know the people in the room, it's safe to try and be selfish because we knew it was about creating value for each Mm. other. So. Um, that's what we did, and I guess, just to put it out there as well, guys, like if you're listening to this show, we we had, we had ended the, the meal, and I'm sort of going to go to the end of the meal, and then we'll revert back into the topics. We ended the meal, which is like, actually, how do we add a bit more structure and a bit more, I guess, scheduling to this, because we all got so much value from it, and it was so fun. So we're looking to do something like this maybe once every four months in person, given given the nature of what it is we think as soon as you get above like 18 20 people around the table it ends up not having the same intimate feel and it's hard to have one conversation so well, it, be- it
1: becomes more of a stereotypical networking event yeah which rather is not what like it an is actual dinner where you get to have deeper conversations which there's, there's no there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to do that but i think we all we kind of discussed it in the room as well didn't we that it, mm. it, we would rather it be more intimate, just like when we did the hot seat way back in the day, because then we can really focus more value on certain people around the table.
0: A hundred percent. So we're looking at doing that every four months. If that's of interest, please drop an email across to, to H um, Harrison at expert two T's in the middle, one S at the end, um, if that's of interest. And I would say we're also looking to do what, maybe once a month on a Zoom call, which is just to hang out on a Zoom for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And that's because it's on Zoom. We can we can open it up to as many people as we, I guess, we really want to. If that's of interest, again, just send an email in. Rather than just sending an email in saying you want to participate, really give us some context to who you are, what you do. Kind of put in the effort because what we want to be able to do is make sure that we, I guess, the quality of that group is only ever as good as the the. the 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 lowest candidate. And what I mean is not in terms of your ability, it's your your level of contribution. If you could be brand new thinking about doing a startup and you're welcome, but what we want to do is make sure that people are there to contribute. And also that the room can contribute to support towards you so don't just send a one-liner across give us some context who you are um and then we'd, we'd love to get you involved because it's it's such a great opportunity to meet other founders as well as i guess just tackle the loneliness that sometimes kicks in and that's what we're trying to do now is have it as less of a oh, we'll meet up ad hoc a bit of scheduling to it and then create this bit of support network maybe we'll end up building a slack channel off the back of it which is just a community of like awesome like-minded people to to support each other because i guess that's the feelings that i came away from it with which is why don't we do this more often
1: yeah it's it's also bringing the right people to the table as well right because not everyone that that has attended one of these came last this time so Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of going to be probably the case moving forward that there's always going to be more people that are technically invited or on the list that won't always go for whether it's like availability but also whether it's relevant right if if some if someone's like well I could kind of make it but it feels like the people that are going to get the value is not from me right now I'm just going to step back from this one I think that's that's something we'll learn and adapt with over time but I think
0: yeah, there's it's, definitely a matchmaking, isn't there? Which is like, actually, yeah. we might have 50 people that want to come to this 20 person dinner. And it's like, hey guys, the topics we want to talk about are going to be, we don't know, like TikTok or D2C or uh, hiring hiring and firing. Like, we're going to put some topics to it. If this is relevant, whether you can add loads of value from experience or you're going through this challenge, put your name down. That'd be amazing if we get to that point, which mm-hmm. is like self-selecting where you choose as an individual. Oh, that's a dinner I can either add loads of value to or I can take away loads of value the people in the middle outside of those two parameters probably don't need to come so it'd be cool to get to that point
1: but it it, 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 saying that though it is very hard because it all it is all even if even if you you know just being in a room with people like that is so like fascinating so it's, yeah. it's really hard. you'll have we'll have to be very strict like you'll have to be strict with yourself whether whether you know whether you should or shouldn't come to it 100 like, even just listening to conversations like that is, is awesome
0: so and, and what we'll do is hopefully those zoom calls where we can potentially just table a topic on a zoom call which is like hey we're going to do a call on hiring and firing guys and this is going to be on this date if you want to jump in that's the stuff that anyone can participate in and join and just even if you just jump in and just listen in to the conversation, amazing. It's a way well, to, I guess, build, worth, build a community.
1: might be worth recording that as well, potentially. You know, it depends on, I don't know. Depends on how uh, long it goes for it, if it's a bit of carnage, but...
0: You no, know. I think I think there's a degree of vulnerability. Me and you are very used to this, which <laughs> is like just, I guess, wearing heart on sleeve and putting it on the mics. I think just given the nature of my new role, uh, and I'm launching a podcast over at the Growth Foundation, it, I'm very aware now that actually just the idea of putting a microphone near someone Will completely clam up. Some of the things they'll want to discuss. Right. Uh, I, I, yeah, and I just think we're used to it. I'd say yeah. these have to be like safe conversations with with the people in the room. Talking about the conversations, mate. Do you want to? I guess high level, just talk about some of the topics and some of the key learnings. We probably won't get into them all, but do you want to? Do you want to share like some of the topics and we can just talk through them?
1: Yeah, there's one. Um, I think this was from Alex, if I remember rightly. Uh, it was uh let me check that Th- things that some of you looked at when starting out um and saw it as a cost but then decided against it only to later on wish that you'd invested it in the first place for example accounting software I said, yeah. I-, I don't think that wallet was out Al- Alex was no
0: it? interestingly it was uh, it was uh da- Darren in the room and then Alex did an immediate build on top of it so I guess the premise of this question is like if you're an early stage founder what's the stuff that you cheaped out on early doors because you've got to be cheap you've got to be scrappy What's the stuff that you cheaped out on early doors that you really wish that you hadn't cheaped out on as the company grew? And there was a, a couple of things which were like very tactical, which I think came out of it, um, specifically around, like you said, the accountancy software and just having, that's slice around the software, but it's like just more of like spending the time to have your books in order and knowing your numbers and most founders that I meet are very creative, focused on the product and the financial element to the business is more of a once a year, give it to an accountant, and then we'll work out if I owe money or if there's something <laughs> I need to do. Like, like it's, it's purely like a look-back tool. And, and I was very much in that boat for probably three, four years. I actually dragged my mum into the business when I realised that – <laughs> hopefully HMRC don't listen to this, but it's past it now. It's all sorted. But I, I had like a VAT bill, and I didn't realise <laughs> that I was meant to – I went over the VAT threshold. But we we learned. I was like, oh, mum was like – uh you know you should have a a VAT number here I was like why she educated me on VAT (laughs) oh cool let's draft you in and um mom actually came in to I guess this is a nice segue into another point that came up which is like family and friends and stuff like that but she came in helped with that and I stopped looking at finances as this thing that was just like a reporting tool and, and more of a decision making tool so I guess my advice for the table then was not just the software but actually making sure you understand the numbers and hiring an accountant that can spend time with you to educate you on your numbers. And then, I guess, play back what's happening in your business to you in a way that you understand so you can use those numbers to make decisions. Um, a great accountant, you've probably heard it a thousand times, a great accountant will pay for themselves, And I would definitely hold any accountant to that bar, which is like, hey, you're probably more than I need to spend. That means you've probably got some experience. What can you do for me to help me? make decisions in my business what reports will you give me and if i don't understand them will you educate me people don't have those decisions with accountants but i've actually built a great relationship with my accountant over time because i lent on him a lot once i realized i needed to and he's he educated me in those first couple of years
1: how did you know he he was good though because i guess the pro the 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 pitfall that most people fall into with any of this is like it's the same when you take a car to a mechanic right if you don't know anything about your car if they say it needs a new engine it needs a new engine whether it does or it doesn't how do you know when the accountant is doing all these things and maybe they are saving a bit but maybe they're not like how do you what is what is good what is bad how would you even where would you even begin with that
0: yes it's a great cue and what i'd say is you got the benefit of now joining the We call it the network internally, by the way, which is just the listeners of the show getting together. You got the benefit joining the network and saying, hey, my accountant does this and I pay this much. How does that sit with people? And we can give feedback. So I think there's like a shared experience there. But I I would definitely say is an accountant's job is not to play back very technical BS stuff back to you that you don't understand that goes over your head. Because as a founder, you just go, yeah, great. What's the turnover? What's the profit and do I only tax? Whereas if an accountant is any good, they will play back to you one, What's happening in your business in layman's terms that makes sense to you, which is one job of an accountant. And, and secondly, they will ask you questions to do with your business with a goal of saving you money, which is, um, talk to me about this line item. What do you do there? So you're working from home there, but you're not offsetting any of your costs with your household bills. Or whatever the questions are that you can ask. What you don't want is just basically send in numbers once a year, get back a set of accounts once a year that is not what you need you need to use your finances as a tool and as you grow the business it becomes more and more and more and more important and that's why you have people like a cfo in a business at a certain scale which is someone that is basically using every degree of the financial information they've got in the business to help you make smart decisions increase efficiencies margins and all that good stuff so to come back to the original qh it's find some founders find some people like the network jump in and ask questions but also, if you don't feel like you're getting regular input and support from your accountant, one, ask for it. And if they don't give it to you, find someone else. And then, again, jump into a network like ours and ask for recommendations because um, it, it truly does make a difference.
1: Yeah, how, it sounds like just building a relationship with your accountant is important rather than just seeing it, them as this throwing throwing receipts at them and expecting them to come back to you.
0: 100%, that's what it is. Like is. They're, they're not this once-a-year mandatory requirement because you're in a certain company and you need filed accounts, they're actually a a tool that you should use, same as any other tool in the business.
1: Cool. Uh, and then did, did we dive into sort the family thing? I know you mentioned it with uh, Alison because she did accounts, but that was something else that came up as well. It's like, what's it like working with family?
0: Yeah, so we we actually went deep on this around the table, which was interesting because actually without naming names, there's a couple of people within the room that are thinking about hiring their first hire or thinking about bringing a family member in. And where the conversation went to was actually around that first hire, should it be family or not? And I, and I, I don't think it can be as binary as that, but we can zoom into the first hire thing maybe now or maybe another day, but where I took it was... When I started Expert Trades, having less about if you take the direct relationship of family, but more of the family feeling within the business, that's very much how we were for the first five six years. And I I stand by that actually because would that be
1: would that be because you had family early on though, or no you know, like I you think, didn't you didn't hire someone that you didn't know and said, "Cool, we're, good. we're going to set this family route. This is how we're going to do things." You actually hmm. had family, so do you think it was a bit of a Well, I'm working with family, so I'm going to treat them like family. And then people that came in benefited from that sort of relationship that you've built.
0: Yeah, great observation. Um, Let me just take a pause and think. I, I think what we've got to do is define what the family feeling means so it makes sense to people. And what we meant by a family was, hey, if we hire you, whether you're family, friends, or whoever you are, but we're bringing you into the Expert Trades family, then once we've made a decision to bring you into this team, then you're in. and This company is going to look after you every way it can, professionally, personally. We want this to be the vehicle to give you the life that you're looking for, and that's what this company will do. Uh, and often, people like that's where people before profits as our values came in, which is, hey, w- the company will put your needs above the company's bottom line. So... That's what the family feel, and it was easy for me to build that culture off the bat because I had family, and that's how the company operated. And then people that came in definitely were treated like family because I'd built that culture. But I think even if it's not family, that was the commitment. That's what it really meant for me, which was we're going to put people before profits. But… The interesting thing that is part of that dinner that came out of it, it was like, is it still the same way now? And and it isn't. It isn't that anymore. And it doesn't mean we don't put people before profits. It just means that we've moved from thinking ourselves as a family, because during that time as a family, what you need, the same way that a family operates, is whatever's needed, you just roll your sleeves up and you do it for family. And that's what it was for us very early doors, probably for maybe for too long, to be honest with you. But for four, five, six years, it was we sometimes wear multiple hats. We sometimes get dragged into stuff that we're not best at, but... It's our family member that needs a bit of support, so we do the work. So we had this wear multiple hats mentality and we all push the business along. But we eventually outgrew that and we should have made this change earlier on, but we moved from this thinking around we're a family to we're a team. And we want to become the best team in our space. We want to we wanna operate like a real high caliber sports team. And what that means is everyone on the team has a position. And where they play it's less of like jack of all trades and wearing multiple hats we then are actually no no no, you are the goalkeeper or you, i'm getting out my depth here talking sports yeah you, you're, you're the goalkeeper <laughs> yeah you're the scrum half let's go to rugby i've got a bit more depth you're the scrum half like you have a po- specific position to play in the team and that's where you play and by the way the best thing about sports teams is we win and we lose together however if you don't pull your weight or your caliber isn't high enough you get benched and then If you're not even good to sit on the bench, we let you go, and that's what I believe we've shifted the culture to expert trades, and we've done it really effectively. Which is we've moved from this family mentality where there's everyone's got multiple roles, and the goalkeeper's running to the centre half, and all of a sudden the goalkeeper scores a goal because he's so far up the pitch. But oh well, we're a family, we all just win together. To actually, the goalkeeper needs to stay by the goal, and the ball needs to move up the pitch in in the process that we've outlined because we play like a professional sports team, Uh, and that's because we got to a certain size as a team i would say from the yeah. perspective
1: i was gonna i was gonna say that i think that the size of the team probably does play a big impact in that in the sense that when you are a small team you, you know there's not enough people to do one mm. role and one role alone you have to work together um and interestingly i wonder if you know because we've we've kind of the team size has grown and shrank several times um In the sense that, like, people have come in and they've not fit the culture, but then you froze, by the way. Then, all good. Uh, should we hit a marker just in case? Yep, don't know if a marker does anything, we'll find out in post. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so the team, the team size has grown and shrank over the years. Um, and I wouldn't, I wonder if because it was a, sometimes it was a bit about culture as well that like oh they're just not they're not like fitting into our culture but if the culture at the time was we're family we all muck in and we do we do more than what we're asked of whether part of that lack of culture fit was we were imposing something that that they weren't working with and we hadn't sort of matured as a company enough to we hadn't turned into a team And they weren't fit, you know, they, they would have done well in a team maybe, but they weren't working well in the family that we were currently operating at. So it's just an interesting sort of thought to look back on how we, how we used to operate and the people that we have had in the team before.
0: Mate, sort of like nail on the head with where you're taking this, which is during that transition period where the company flexed up and down, hired, fired, hired, fired. Two things happened then is one, I used to think I've had the wrong people, it's them. Um, they're not a fit, and then one day I had to like be really honest with myself. Look in the mirror and go, "Hold on, that's when I went to coaching." Actually, I was like, "I need to become a better CEO." There's a skill gap that I'm missing here, and that's when my mentality around family and team started to to tick in. Which is actually, there's a there's a structural change needed in the business. What got us here won't get us there. To use that old adage, and it was okay. These people are coming in. We're expecting them to act like a family, but we're giving them a specific role. So, hold on, when the ball gets passed at the field, they're not receiving it. Why? Oh, it's because we haven't actually been clear as to where they play because we still think we're a family. And it's like, oh, there's this weird transition period that we went through where the company had this, I guess, deep culture and understanding of who we are, what we do, for the people that were in the company. But it was very, very hard for someone to come in and land and be successful because we hadn't set them up for success, which is what actually this whole team structure and this transition allowed us to do, which was bring someone in and say, this is the hat that you wear. You wear one hat, you play this position, and this is what we need you to do. Without that, no one could be successful. And it, coming back to the conversation we had at the network, which was this first hire being family, he said, what would you do differently? And I said, "I would, I would keep that family mentality because I think it's important because they might need to wear multiple hats. But I would have more regular check-ins as you migrate from being a family driven multiple hats team because you've got to be scrappy and do lots of things to becoming a sports team rather than it being a a really hard transition and people feeling oh hold on this isn't how it used to be what do i do here this this is confusing to understand i would have more hey harry come in there's these three things i need you to look at and by the way i know that 40 percent of what you're doing right now is not core to who you are and what you want to do and your long-term career but the company just needs it and as we grow we're going to backfill these roles and take this work off your plate so you can focus on being where you play and where you're best in class i wish i was uh i wish i could have understood that's the conversation i should have been having four five six years ago compared to people coming in and saying i really like this bit but i'm asked to do this this and this and i hate it and it creating this i guess just like hard laborious feeling in the company when you're doing stuff that you're not being asked, that isn't core to your job. So just to, I guess, rewind slightly, the, the learning there was wear multiple hats is fine when you're scrappy, but let people understand that they are wearing multiple hats and that's not the long-term plan. And here's the vision. Here's what the org chart will look like in a year, two, three, four years as we grow the company. And we need everyone to muck in to build the sports team. And when the sports team's in play, we all have complete clarity on one how we got there and two where we're going that's I guess where I'd want to take it now
1: yeah and like the, the 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 clarity and the the structure that it brings in when people actually know their roles and know what they focus on and what they do and where they, where <laughs> what they're supposed to be doing from a day to day basis and not having things thrown at them and having to like adapt like as a company that's where we're at now and i think that we are we are definitely operating on a completely different level you know i'm not saying where we were, what we used to do was wrong but yeah if the sooner you can get to that sort of that clearer sports team scenario the better because then the, the whole company benefits and operates just so much more efficiently more than anything because you know people are juggling less plates you know you can you can juggle a lot of the same plates very easily because it all fits within sort of your wheelhouse but as soon as you throw in a uh, a dining tray instead of a, a single plate <laughs> it's uh, it starts getting a bit out of hand doesn't it so
0: but but i completely agree but i would say if you're like a two three person team right now thinking yeah but we all need to do loads of stuff great but just define it that's what yeah. i wish i'd done just go all right cool, here's the 10 things that this company needs to do. Here's 10 functions, but there's only three of us. That means that you, Harry, are wearing these three hats. That's fine. When we hit this level in the business, we're going to hire this person, and that hat is going to get taken off you. And I know this is maybe some heavy work and forward planning, but I'd even write the the job descriptions of what the company needs to do and what it looks like and go, all right, Harry, turns out what you're doing is you're our creative, (laughs) you're our... office package support exec <laughs> and now and then i'm going to draft you into sales as well uh, but by the way we're going to really just lean on the creative side of what you do and over time we're either going to pull those services away from you or we're just going to kill the product because it's not that's what we ended up doing uh, but that's they're the hats that you wore for for a period but now you're chief creative officer and all you do now is build your creative team out and wow clients i wish i'd allow and by the way, and um, we might need to wrap this up shortly and do other topics another day, but the only, this is interesting, the only reason that you gave me such permission is because we have the relationship, me and you, and we have the culture, which is, hey, just trust me, we're gonna get here. I just need this. I just need help here, here, and here right now. That's because we built that relationship early doors. Even with the the early members of the team, that was that family culture and it gave permission But I would say I was highly at risk of losing people even though they believed in the mission because I didn't give them the clarity and the understanding of where their career goes to. That's my, that transition from family to team, you can be a family, but make sure you outline how you're getting to a team as soon as you can so everybody can help you get there. It's not your sole job. Everyone can look in and it will actually engage them and motivate them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I was kind of going to say, yeah, I think some of it is down to also the individual as well. But you are right in the sense that, like, you know, anyone can only be motivated enough and driven enough for so long. But if there doesn't seem to be any uh, light in the form of opportunity at the end of the tunnel, then people are just not going to grind it out for the next two, three, four, five years, just on the the assumption that something might happen in the future that they're going to... They're going to win with. So yeah, I think, I think you're, you're right in the sense that as long, as long as you make it clear that, Hey, stick it out for now, but we will event, you know, we will get like that, uh, you know, and and if it seems like it's never going to get there, then of course hit the eject button and leave. But I think that you probably, at least for me anyway, I kind of knew that I was willing to get stuck in and just, we'll, we'll just push, push, push. Um, and we eventually sort of did get there. But if you, if you, if you're not getting that vibe that, this, this guy feels like he's just riding me all the time. He's getting me to do everything. It's not what I want to do. And I'm not being promised anything else at the end of it all. Then yeah, maybe, maybe it's something to take a look
0: at and consider it's a really interesting one mate and one that i could probably spend another hour on just more so just reflecting over what's going on in expert trades and some of the changes and to be honest maybe i will in my own personal time and try and bring some clearer notes because i i generally think this will impact every founder which is like the one two three person stage and then get to like the five to seven and then up to the 15 to 25 there's like these when you're still a micro business you hit these different levels there's definitely some key learnings and some pitfalls to avoid. So I will I'll try and add some more flavor to that in the near future. I guess, H, just one thing, just to speak candidly while are on the mics, this new software we're using feels challenging because it keeps breaking at points and i don't know if you're talking and if yeah. you can hear me so we're probably going to bin this off irrespective of the the person that recommended it to me and we'll just go back to the previous one if you're cool with it
1: yeah because you, you froze a few times as well so it, it's really off-putting when you're speaking 100%. and the person's like it's just frozen yes. on the screen <laughs> so
0: so what, what we'll do just out of risk of this not coming out as as well as we wanted to from a quality perspective how about we draw a line under it here mate there's a few more topics we want to cover off that came out of the network dinner Mm -hmm. um but leaving people with that call to action if you want to get involved and i would urge people to get involved because there's such an amazing group of founders entrepreneurs innovators disruptors that are part of this community get involved and the more i promise you the more you put in the more you will get out so email harrison harrison at expert trades.com two t's in the middle one s at the end baby um and while we're here post some post some questions in we've got yep. an amazing list of questions now we're going to work through um also, apologies also, if this has been janky because it feels like the conversation stopped and started at points yeah interrupts doesn't it uh, one yeah.
1: one thing I was just going to say as well that we're recording this on a Sunday which is I know we mentioned it at the top of the show but people were probably panicking because we got <laughs> one of the emails that came <laughs> because we got another email this week uh titled don't stop the show um and they probably thought oh my god it was too, it, i was too late too late, too late. <laughs> it, did, it didn't come out on a friday so i guess the goal is always to we'll try we will put it in the calendar now so we'll always try and record on a friday but if not then you know we will try we're and get a session in over the weekend yeah so.
0: we're committed guys and i'd say like for me this like coming back after a couple of years and doing this this is more about me and Harrison sharing our experiences together or what we're going through respectively on our own career paths now, but also like bringing in the community. It'd be great to hear more from you guys, do more events together, do more networking together and really just support each other because that's that's what was so special from Friday night, which was there was no egos around the table. Everyone just wanted to lean in and help one another. And when that happens, that is special. That doesn't happen many times in life. What we've got here with this community is dead special. I urge you to take part. In. If you've got this far in the show, just stop and send the email, introduce yourself, and let's bring you
1: in.
0: 100%. On that note, mate, we'll leave it there.